Welcome into episode 17 of On The Move. I'm Josh Clark alongside Kenneth Nash. It's our final episode before spring break. And in this week's episode, we're going to wrap up the 2018-19 campaign for both the Choctaw and Lady Choctaw basketball teams. We're going to talk about baseball and softball, both taking on the West Florida Argonauts in Pensacola this past weekend. And we've also got a sideline session with Choctaw football quarterback and the newly elected SGA president for the 2019-2020 school year, Aaron Fiesel. All that and more coming right up. Starting things off today, we're talking a little bit of Choctaw's basketball. Both for the both last the, time, Kenneth. For the last time, both the men and women finished up their 2018-2019 seasons. Uh, both of them were at home in A.E. Wood Coliseum. The men and women both taking on West Alabama. The men fell 79-77 in overtime to West Al, and the women actually were able to knock off the Tigers 88-75 to finish their season on a very high note, uh, winning two of their last three, Josh. And as we kind of get towards, we're obviously at the end of this season, um, you know, we've had some bright spots, had some not-so-bright spots. But I think for both teams, a somewhat successful end of the year. Obviously, the men, you know, didn't get the W in the in the win loss column that they wanted to see, but that you know it's a successful uh, or end to the season. They they played well. Um, and you even mentioned before we started that this is the second time this season the men have lost in overtime to West Alabama by a possession. Yes. Um, so obviously a very close game. Josh, what what are you kind of your uh, end of season thoughts on the basketball teams? Well, you know, Kenneth, we'll we'll break it down one by one. Obviously, starting with Lady Choctaws. Uh, picking up that win I was actually on the sideline with Corey Roll and we were calling the game and that was probably and I know I've said this a few times but that was hands down the most impressive game they've played all season because not only were they going up against a decent opponent they were going up against an opponent that really really needed a win West Alabama was tied for eighth place in the GSC obviously top eight teams get into the tournament and with it being the last game of the season they really needed a win uh, turns out they ended up did they ended up making the tournament anyway because Montevallo lost to Delta State, but still very impressive for the Choctaw Lady Choctaws coming out. The only thing they had to play for was one their pride, and two to send out seniors Zan Ratcliffe and Jamila Sanders on a high note, and they did more than enough to uh, hit those marks. And what was really impressive was they wrapped up their season by. Uh, shoring up a lot of the issues that had really plagued them all year long so for for instance shooting from field goal range they shot 51 percent that's probably one of the highest marks they've hit all year three-point percentage they hit 61.1 percent that has to be not even close their highest of the year free throw percentage 92.6 20 points off of the fast break. They were quick to generate turnovers. Coco Hobson had four steals. She also had eight assists and 23 points on the night. Zan Ratcliffe in her final game as Lady Choctaw, setting a career high in points with 24. Uh, Zaria Matthews with 13. Um, Chanel Kitchens even. She's she's uh, Corey kept mentioning that she was kind of the future of the Lady Choctaw guard at the, at the guard position now that Zan Ratcliffe's graduating. And 
Kitchens comes in, gets nine points, goes three for four from beyond the arc. So very impressive game, and it was a very balanced game too. Coach Duke getting everyone a chance to play, and no player played less than eight minutes in that game on the Lady Choctaw roster. Very impressive for him to cycle through the lineup and still get such a dominant win, and it was really just the second half that they came out swinging. They were tied, deadlocked 32-32 at the half, but then MC comes out kicking, and really they established that... I know it's kind of an, a cliche, but they established that hope for next year. This was a very inexperienced and a very young roster this season that MC was playing with. They finished the year 8-18, eight and 4-16 and in the GSC, but still a very impressive way to go out on a high note, use their seniors to their advantage, and ultimately pick, off, uh, or pick up a really big win. Yeah, and if you want to look at maybe some end-of-season trends for the women's team, whether you think it means anything or not, uh, they did finish the season uh, with a negative scoring margin. They averaged 65.7 points a game to opponents 70.7 points a game. But if you look, obviously women's game is in uh, quarters as opposed to halves like men's college basketball. The the women uh, actually outscored their opponents in the second quarter this season, uh, 408 to 401. That was the only quarter they did so. Uh, that'll be an interesting trend, at least you know looking into next year whether they continue that continues to be you know a quarter where they can kind of you know make up some ground on teams or extend leads yeah. uh, obviously you want to get off to or hot at least starts. hold steady like they yeah, did this hold year hold steady which we saw let them do a lot that makes sense that they were you know outscoring opponents in the second quarter so that'll be something interesting um, to keep an eye on the, the big downfall um, which you know scoring tends to go up late in games in college basketball the women were scoring 485 in the fourth quarter this season and they scored 45 which is their highest quarter total but they gave up 532 um which is almost a 75-point jump from the third quarter, which is their second highest. So obviously they're going to want to look to shore up uh, end-of-game scoring, For uh, sure. opponent scoring. And then obviously looking at the men's team, wrapping up at 7-18 uh, and 18 on the season, 4-16 and 16 in conference play, like you said, Kenneth. That's the second time they played. The, the West Alabama was actually their second game of the season, uh, or the second GSC game of the season. They were in Livingston back on December 1st. They lost 81-79 in overtime. Uh, they actually had a 14-point lead at one point in the second half but couldn't close that game out. And Corey actually told me that he had talked to a few of the players and they had said that that game kind of set the tempo for their ultimate demise. That Because those games, Kenneth, we know from playing high school sports and whatnot that those are the games that are the toughest to come back from, the ones where you just kind of implode at the, most, at the worst possible time and lose a heartbreaker. And so that kind of set the tone. And that, that 10-game losing streak right in the middle of the season – was obviously, it's probably what this Choctaw team is going to be remembered for, which is disappointing because they did have some bright spots. Brandon Boston having another terrific year. And at the end of the day, their four seniors, Davey Fisher not being able to play because of the flu, but then obviously Marcus Lytle, Howard Thomas, and I'm sorry, I'm blanking, Isaiah Austin on the fourth one. Austin, Thomas, and Lytle all finished in double digits. So very impressive finish to the year for both for the Choctaws on the basketball court, both Lady Choctaws and Choctaws. And now we're packing up the basketballs and looking ahead to the great outdoors for baseball and softball. Yeah, and one thing real quick before we move on from basketball oh, yes. that I want to touch on. Um, of course. You know, look at the scoring trends because I just think this stuff is interesting. Um, the men were actually only outscored by a total of six points per game this season, um, which really is a very, you know, makeable gap, Absolutely. especially when you consider um, they could really turn around their season 
by improving three-point defense and just not facing teams that were shooting as hot. The men's opponents against the men shot 40% from three this season, which is absolutely just unbelievable. Uh, that's not a trend that's likely to continue. Teams shooting 40% against you, especially if you can work I on hope your closeout defense. You know, you have a couple of threes here and there, and, and you're talking about a different season for the men. Um, but obviously, you know, definitely some stuff to build on for both teams uh, moving into next year. We are in the spring semester, though, which means it's time for spring sports. Uh, baseball and softball are well underway Woo-hoo. in conference play. Both teams were in Pensacola, Florida this past weekend, taking on West Florida uh, in a conference series. A uh, rough weekend for both teams. Both teams which is unusual. Unusual. For sure. uh, both teams ended up taking a three-game sweep, uh, loss, losing in a three-game sweep against West Florida. The men dropping the first game 3-5. Or five to three, pardon me. Second game they lost ten to eight, and the third game five to one. Uh, with the softball team, they lost the first game just one nothing, uh, nine to six in the second game, and three to two in the third game. Those are all close scores. West Florida, of course, ranked at number ten in the country in softball. In softball. Um, so it's a nationally ranked opponent, um, but definitely a rough weekend. Um, rough weekend for uh for these these programs that are, you know become pretty accustomed to success absolutely and Kenneth uh, going off of the baseball team obviously going number 20 going into the weekend um that first game really it, it very well could have set the tempo for this entire weekend the Choctaws were held scoreless for the first five innings and then they got three run they got kind of a three run boost in the sixth inning Billy Cameron and Chauncey Callier uh kind of chipping in chipping away at the lead that West Florida had built they were already up four nothing at that point so then four three but then West Florida kind of shutting the door at the end of the game Jared Hatch and Dylan Mills DeRuin coming in pitching those last three innings and really uh shutting the door on the Choctaw offense Chris Crosby giving up nine hits and six innings and five runs three of which were earned um, Choctaw is having three errors, which Kenneth, that that in itself is unnatural because this Choctaw team is actually, I think we talked about it last week, uh, one of the best defensive teams in MC baseball history. And so it was very interesting. Then that second game, uh, having one just one error, but still being cold on offense until the final two innings. They were scored two runs in the first seven innings. Meanwhile, West Florida scoring all 10 of their runs in the first four innings, really taking that commanding lead and not really letting it go. They had a couple of home runs in that game. And so tough, tough to miss that middle game. And then in that third game, only having three players record a hit, Blaine Krim, Ty Alderman, and Luke Yancey. That's absolutely that can't happen in the final game of a series, even after you're down 2-0. No, it definitely can't. Um, I think uh, both programs are going to look to bounce back. I know they, they both have high expectations. The women on the season uh, after that West Florida series are now 15-6. and six. They do fall to 3-3 three and three in the conference. The men are now 10-7, and seven, and they fall to 3-3 three and three in conference as well. Both teams will have an opportunity to bounce back. Uh, this upcoming weekend, they're going to be back here in uh, Mississippi. The men, it uh, looks like as of right now, won't be here in Clinton, uh, at least for the first two games of this three-game series coming up against Valdosta State. They're actually going to be playing those games, uh, according to the schedule, at Smith Will Stadium uh, in Jackson. Uh, sun- doubleheader on Sunday at 12 p.m. first pitch in the first game, 3 p.m. the second game, and then a Monday game set at noon. That one is scheduled here at Frierson Field. That again. 
against Valdosta State. The women, uh, another tough test uh, with the softball team. Number four. At, at, exactly. After number just four. taking on the number 10 team in the country, they're taking on a top five program in Valdosta State. Those, as of right now, are scheduled to be here at the MC Softball Complex in Clinton, Mississippi. Uh, another doubleheader on Sunday for the, for the softball team. Uh, first game starts at 2 p.m. Second game will uh, immediately follow that one, and then a Monday contest uh, with a noon game. So the game's pushed back, not your traditional weekend lineup for baseball and softball. Uh, and then both teams will go on the road for a stretch um, as they, you know, they're, they're going to take uh, a couple of road trips, some conference play mixed up in there um, before they come back home for for a nice home stand. Both teams will be looking to kind of rebuild as we're right in the heart of GSC play. Both teams have uh, conference tournament aspirations. Both teams really have conference championship aspirations. Uh, so they're going to be looking to get things on the right path. And Kenneth, I want to pose this question to you. And I want to pose this question to you, uh, thinking about these sweeps from this past weekend. Is it is it a good thing to have a losing skid be swept early on in the season does that ever do you think that ever provides any sort of motivation or any sort of building like you said kind of a re, quick rebuild here for both the Choctaws and Lady Choctaws uh, to kind of you know reset the tempo and show that this this is going to be a grind this season uh, I don't know that I mean obviously I don't think you're ever going to say you want to get swept obviously but if it was going to happen you'd probably rather it happened now yeah uh, you it'd rather you happened it on it happened on the road um, with the opportunity both teams get to immediately follow that road trip coming back or the, that sweep coming right back home uh, you know more familiar surroundings uh, chance to kind of reset you know both both coaches I know um, probably you know gave gave their teams uh, quite a bit of motivation yeah, on the, uh, the trek back from Pensacola uh, but I think I mean if you if somebody said you had to get swept at some point in your season had to suffer this this little losing streak uh, I think both teams would say they'd rather it be on the road they'd rather it be early they'd rather it be immediately preceding a a, a home, home series stand. yes um, I think I think that's the way to do it yeah um, so you know if you had to have one this is probably when you'd want to have it um, that being said I, I know that both both teams probably consider this you know unacceptable yes. um, for, for, from their standpoint yeah so other than that though obviously Valdosta coming in this weekend looks like there is some rain in the forecast I was just looking at the weather channel app and so uh, obviously softball games being pushed back baseball games being moved to Smithville Stadium over in Jackson and we'll see how this weekend goes yeah yeah, and moving moving uh, into some more spring sports, both men and women's tennis are also in the heart of their GSC uh, their GSC play. Uh, last this earlier this week or last weekend, March second, they took on uh, University of Alabama Huntsville here at the MC Tennis Complex in Clinton, Mississippi. Women picked up a victory, going uh, winning. Uh, four to one over UAH. The men also with a four four to one victory. They did take on West Alabama. Uh, this afternoon, this being Wednesday when we're recording this, uh, in Livingston, both teams did drop 6-1 to one, uh, losses to West Alabama. So, so a little bit of a rough patch. Both teams will be uh, in action over uh, this weekend, actually. Uh, Friday, the women will be in Pensacola, Florida, taking on Nova Southeastern. Um, and the men will be, in Saturday, they'll be in Mobile, taking on Mobile University. Uh, and then Monday, they'll play Spring Hill, also in Mobile. Uh, and the women will catch up with in Mobile after playing Nova Southeastern and Pensacola, which is, you know, right down the road. So yes. both teams will be in action this weekend. Uh, the next home uh, matches for these teams are uh, actually Dallas Baptist, local yes. school oh, from uh, hey. North Texas, uh, where we're both from. The will Patriots. Be 
And the Patriots of Dallas Baptist will be here March 12th. Uh, that is over the spring break for MC. They'll be at the MC Tennis Complex in Clinton taking on the Choctaw. So a, a big chance to take on uh, a highly uh, highly touted opponent in Dallas Baptist. We know that. We know that much. Yes, Dallas Baptist. Uh, peak. Yes. Uh, yes. Peak athletics. Yeah. Peak athletic so, department. <laughs> that was. There's not really plenty, anything else we can say. That was plenty. That was plenty awkward from Josh. Great. Um, great. Yes. But as we kind of we wrapped up our spring sports, <laughs> uh, we're gonna go ahead and transition you into our sideline session um, for this week. It's a little bit different. Normally we paired up with you know pair up the sideline session with whatever sport you know talks about or whenever we just talked about the sport that coincides with who we're football's interviewing. Close, though, but just a few football's months. close though. Football's close. You know, just it'll like, be here before you know it. This week we got months. the chance to interview Aaron Fiesel quarterback for the Mississippi College Choctaws and newly elected SGA president at Mississippi College. So it was a really a uh, opportune time. It was it's a blessing. Also very busy uh, man, but we got a chance to sit down with him, kind of talk about his his vision for MC as president and also MC, uh, MC football program, his vision for that. So we'll go ahead and you send, send you straight over there. Transitioning into our sideline session for the week, we're joined this week by uh, a man of many different titles here at Mississippi College. Uh, he, this past year, he was chief of staff for the Student Government Association here at MC, as well as uh, quarterback for the Choctaw football team. And now, as of yesterday, well, this is Wednesday night, as of Tuesday night, Aaron Fiesel, now the 2019-2020 president of Mississippi College SGA. So Aaron, it's great to have you here. Yes, it is. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and so, Aaron, starting things off, obviously, you're now president of SGA. Obviously, you've worked you've worked really closely with Anthony Jackson. Right. We we know him as Tick, obviously, on campus <laughs> here. But uh, you've worked with Tick this past year as chief of staff. And so, kind of for the people that are listening that may not know a lot about what SGA does, what all they do, what what's been kind of your role in SGA this past year? Okay. Um, I served this year as the chief of staff, and I was appointed that position by Anthony, Yeah, which was a tremendous honor. And uh, my role this year, I was the chief of staff, and I was also the elections commissioner. So I was in charge of Mr. and Mrs. MC elections, uh, class officer elections, and all the other elections like that we had on campus. I'm in charge of the class officers with their plan of action, which is just the fundraising that they build up until their senior year when they give a gift back to the campus. And um, outside of that, I really have freedom to kind of run and do anything. But I'm I'm mostly serving the capacity of serving Anthony when whatever he sees fit. So just, you know, doing anything that he needs help with. Yeah. And now going into last year with SGA, was that something I knew, um, you know, with Anthony Jackson, when he, he kind of took over as president, was that something you were, you know, interested in getting involved in this year? I know there's been a big push uh, over the past couple of years of, you know, getting all aspects of campus together, whether it's just students or student athletes or everybody together. Was that something you wanted to do? Was kind of be able to be that bridge as still being an athlete but also serving on SGA? Um, honestly, not really. It was something <laughs> that he brought to my attention. He was like, "Hey, I have this idea, and I think you'd be a really good fit for it." And I wasn't exactly sure what it was because if you know Anthony you know he can get into all <laughs> yeah. kinds of stuff yeah. but um 
I, I got into it, and at first I was a little iffy about it just because I, had, I hadn't been involved, so I really didn't know how that worked. But the more I got involved, the more I saw that I had a passion for it, which led to me running and being elected president. So I think all in all, it was a good decision. Yeah, and so now that you are president, and obviously very huge congratulations. Thank and, you, thank you. And with this coming, upcoming year, I know you're probably already looking forward to next year. So what are some of the maybe plans that you have or maybe whether they're in the kind of the infancy stage or already well-developed, what are some of the plans you have for pushing Mississippi College to a new height? Right. So uh, part, of, part of the good thing about, I guess, my experience this year is that I've already seen some of the things that we have in progress. Um, recently, I believe last month, we met with the Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Jackson. Yes. So that's a mentorship program that we'll be starting in August when we get back. Very cool. So that's yeah. something we'll start, and hopefully, you know, it'll gain weight as we go on, as the years go on. And um, right now, I'm just, you know, really trying to soak all this in. I don't have any specific ideas, but just trying to build better relationships across campus, how you were speaking about, trying to unify the campus more in the sense that we are a small campus, so, you know, we should be more together. And... Uh, Recently, I was just doing some digging, and I was curious about a dual enrollment program that high schools may do with colleges, so that's something I'm going to look into. I don't know how deep that'll go, though. Very cool. Um, and then, I, I obviously, I noticed you're wearing the LeBron James Brandon more than an athlete hoodie. Yes. Um, that's something we've definitely seen, especially really over the past year, yeah. is, is a lot of these professional athletes taking bigger stances, you know, in social change, and, and you know, they're influencing policy, and they're meeting with politicians, and that sort of thing. Is that something you, you kind of a mantra you've taken on for yourself is, you know, obviously you are here, you're playing football. That's that's part of the reason you came to MC. But obviously you want to expand that. You want to be known as more than just, you know, quarterback for MC. Right. And uh, I take a lot of inspiration from LeBron James. And it was just, it was great to for him to know that he had the platform that he had and being able to use his voice to reach so many people through being an athlete and being able to do all those kind of things. So, of course, I'm not LeBron James, but you know, I was a Close. chief of staff. Close. Close. Yeah, yeah. Almost there. Right, right. Just a little off. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not LeBron James in any sense, but I have a platform on campus that holds influence. So, you know, being able to say the right things can, you know, be a voice. Yeah, and so obviously. I think that's important. Yes, uh, and, and you're a redshirt junior, or going to be a redshirt junior right. coming up this year. So uh, in your years here at MC, um, how have you seen, if you have, how have you seen kind of that to have that voice, how have you seen the the gap bridge as we were talking about the community? Have you seen it come together at all since you've initially got here? Maybe in this past year or two. It mostly would be this past year, and I would give a lot of that credit to Anthony. Yeah. You know, he is a former football player, and he pushed for me to be his chief of staff. So that kind of led into that. And then as I got more comfortable in that role, I was addressing more athletes to say, hey, this is ways we can get involved. It, it doesn't have to be, you know, SGA, but these are yeah. different ways we can get involved. And I think we have seen a better sense of community within the school and within the community, just, you know, the city of Clinton yeah. at football games and at other athletic events. And hopefully that'll build more and more and we can bring that, that college town feeling back. Yeah. And, and so now let's kind of transition over to the athlete side of things, being a football player, because obviously we're here to talk about sports too. <laughs> so this past season, uh, I know we got to backtrack a few months here, back to 2018 season, but obviously it was, it was a season of a lot of change here for Choctaw football. Obviously new offensive coordinator, new offensive scheme overall, a lot right. of new players, transfers, freshmen starting. And so what did you see from this football team that maybe you didn't see in your first two years here at MC? 
I saw a lot of good things. And if you're familiar with really anything, you understand that if things change, a big change like that in the offensive coordinator, offensive scheme, that you can have high expectations, but you understand that there has to be building. Yes. So, so you have to build there. So I wasn't I wasn't as disappointed with the season. I mean, I was right. still disappointed because no one enjoys that kind of season. But right. um, the numbers we put up offensively this year, you know, makes for a lot of you know a lot Incredible. of enthusiasm. Yeah. Enthusiasm, excuse me, for the upcoming season. So just uh, taking everything day by day and understanding that it is a process was one thing that I saw this year. Yeah. Now with doing, obviously I, I asked you kind of beforehand before we started this, but you were doing you know SGA and playing football. Um, how do you think you're going to be able to balance those? And then obviously is it just sort of a passion for both that's going to allow you to balance it? Obviously if you don't like one, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be willing to balance it. <laughs> right. But, I mean, what do you see kind of balancing that like? Because, I mean, those are two big roles to kind of take on. I think it's just prioritizing, you know. And uh, my last semester I took a class, or last year rather in the spring, I took a class and I had to do a – paper on time management and it said to prioritize things by you know the the importance of them and I think both of those things hold much importance so it's just give or take in both situations you know I'm I'm into football 100% and I'm in an SGA 100% so just being able to balance that and uh you know like I said there's give and take both ways yeah and so going into and like I, I want to kind of go back to that last question that I asked about the obviously you're talking about the offense putting up great numbers and when Kenneth and I were in the studio every week talking about the football game it was almost like we never had something negative to talk about there was always positive there was always like you said building on kind of things like against Valdosta putting up uh, what was it 500 over 500 yards 400 mm-hmm. 500 yards against the team that won the National D2 National Championship, Championship. that's right. that's something big that's kind of overlooked because for people that don't look at stats per se they just look at final scores and say oh they lost but when you see that building block and you see y'all going toe to toe against that against that caliber of an opponent does that leave you even more excited for the future or is it more of just like a we're we're back to or with a new team and whatnot coming up in the next year we've got we got to get back in or got to reset get ready or is it more of just like a, we're picking up where we left off I think it's more of a picking up where we left off and we've been outside on Monday Tuesdays and Thursdays working on those things and after spring break after this week we'll start spring practice and you can see the energy levels are starting to get up because everybody yes. knows the pads are coming back and coach Laurentine our offense coordinator has done a good job of keeping us on track like there hasn't been any setback with that so like keeping us more instead of shaking the rust off we're just polishing up so when yeah. we get in the spring we'll be polishing you know, so getting ready for that, like I said, I think everybody's anxious to get back out there because of the numbers that we put up on offense. So we know what we're capable of. And that was like I said, that was the first year. So there were a lot of mistakes that we made that just worked themselves out. Right. And uh, on the other side of that, there's the thing is defensive coordinators It's hard for them to plan for the triple option in three to four days. Yeah. You know, and they, they got some of it this year, but next year will be more polished. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And then obviously, um, when you take a look at next year's schedule, First week you get the big test of the season, and that's right. going to Alcorn. Right. Play Alcorn State. They're coming oh off boy. of they're coming off of a big <laughs> a big uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference um, championship this past year. Is is that kind of a challenge that you guys relish a, an opportunity to test yourselves against the best, knowing that if I mean you can hang with them, you can hang with obviously anybody in in the GSC. Definitely, that game will be a a tone setter off the bat, and yeah. we're going to Alcorn, and that's a uh, a fun environment to play in if you've oh, yeah. never been there. It's uh, 
it's they have a lot of tradition there. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a test, like you said, and um, we expect to win. I mean, yeah. as, as you, you should. Hey, yeah. we like that. Yeah. As you should, if you if you play the game. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, I honestly. Aaron, that's about all we've got. Okay. But I, we wanted to thank you for joining us today. Obviously, for people that are listening that don't know a lot about SGA, maybe want to know more about MC football, you provided a lot of insight. <laughs> and that's why we brought you here. So, right. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, good luck in spring practice. Good luck as president. Good luck. We Obviously, it's sad we won't be we here, won't Kenneth. Be here. We won't no. be here to see any of it. But uh, good luck in all of your future endeavors next season. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Now that episode 17's kind of wrapping up here and we've had our sideline session, we've gotten you prepared for the week that we will be uh, absent. We won't have an episode next week, of course. Kenneth and I will be back in the great state of Texas getting ready for our spring break endeavors, uh, basically spending the entire time hunting for a job. But Please hire us. Yes, please hire us. <laughs> if you're listening, ESPN or Fox Sports. We know or you are. Else, we know you're listening, and, and you know, we're, we're ready. We're, we're ready. We're hungry. We're determined. Let's go. But other than that, Kenneth, uh, this is our final thought time. So what do you got for us this week? Uh, I guess my final thought this week is, first of all, thank the Lord that spring break is here. Oh, God bless. Um, it is a little intimidating because the year's almost over, and I don't know what I'm doing with my life after Me I graduate. <gasps> you want to go not know what we're going to do with our lives together? Sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think it's nice that spring break's here. Obviously, though, for some of these spring sports, it's, you know, they don't necessarily get the traditional spring break. Um, but hopefully we, everybody can get rested up. All the Choctaws fans can get rested up uh, and, and get back to campus in mid-March. Uh, ready to cheer on a couple of home stands with baseball and softball and uh, support the tennis team track golf uh, is going to have their home tournament coming yes. up at the end of the month that was rescheduled yep. um, so there's gonna be a lot of a lot of action on campus towards the end of the year uh, hopefully everybody can get rested and we want to see those uh, stands and you know the greens and the galleries if you're going to the golf else. tournament yes. everything else uh, packed out so looking forward to a, a good rest of the spring semester and a uh, good close to the Choctaws athletic year. It's going to be an exciting push to the finish. So thanks again for tuning in and until next time, go in and until next time,